Well, welcome everybody. Uh, as you can see, uh, we are um, at the church and we're doing things a little bit differently today, but uh, we are, I am super excited about what we have in store this morning for our service. If you've been with us for the past few weeks, you know that we're going through a series called The Third Option, in which we recognize that there are ways in which the world tries to pit people together as, as us versus them, as in-group versus out-group. Um, but God calls us to choose the third option, which is to honor that which we have in common. So regardless of, of what ethnicity we are, what race, where, what country we come from, our economic status or political party or whatever it is, what are, the, what are the ways that we can choose to honor people who are different than us um, and in so doing honor God in the midst of that? And so I bring that all up to kind of kind of reframe where we are today because we've taken the past couple weeks to, to talk about how um, there are certain blind spots that we all have. There are certain things that we uh, don't even know that we don't know, that there are social narratives, ways that we see the world. It's like our prescription, if you remember a few weeks ago, uh, ways that we see the world that is specific to our experiences, whether it's growing up or family or friends, and how that impacts how we see ourselves, how we see the whole world. But our main point for this whole series is the idea that because the world wants to separate us into us versus them, that God calls us to the third option, which is to honor everyone because of him. And so in order to kind of bring this home a little bit, we've been talking a lot about uh, overall um, structures of where we've seen racism uh, take place within our country and, and within cultures across the world. Um, we want to bring this home a little bit. We want to make it a little bit more personal and, and people that, uh, that you all would recognize. And so uh, with us today, uh, we're excited to have Jasmine and Jessica who are going to be sharing their story. And so um, we're going to have them be able to introduce themselves in just a moment. Before we do, I would just ask that you would join us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, and we thank you for uh, each person that is watching on screen, and I thank you for Jasmine and Jessica joining us here this morning. God, I pray that as we um, ask questions and we learn and we seek to understand and we seek to grow in you, Lord, I pray that uh, we would choose what it looks like to honor um, one another with the third option. I pray that we, as we're sharing, would decrease, God, and that you would increase and that you would speak in a personal, powerful, impactful way uh, to each and every one of us through um, the various stories and um, the interview that we have now. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we have Jasmine and Jessica. Can you both just take a moment to, to introduce yourselves? And so, Jasmine, you got the mic. Uh, would you be willing to, to introduce yourself so that uh, we all have a, a better idea of who you are? Okay. Um, I'm Jasmine Hartnell. Um, I am married to Jason, and I have two kids. We live in Glendora, California. Um, I am the youngest of Mary Bramlett's four daughters. Awesome. Um, and I, um, it's not obvious, but I did grow up biracial. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Jessica, what about you? Hi, I'm Jessica Foote, and I um, have a long history with Pomerado. Um, I'm married to Josh Foote, who... Um, his parents were pastors here for a long time, and my mom is also Mary Bramlett, who's the children's director here, and um, I'm the oldest of four girls, so um, I'm about eight and a half years older than Jasmine, and so um, we've had very different experiences, which should be interesting, but um, I'm a mom of three, and um, we live in Murrieta, California now, um, but we love this church, and we're excited to discuss things today. Awesome. No, yeah. thank you both for, for making the drive down here. And we talked um, 
uh, and a couple weeks ago, uh, one of the things we talked about was social narrative and how even people growing up in the same home, like mm -hmm. the same context, don't always have the same perspective on things. And mm -hmm. so um, if you guys were with us, we, uh, I walked through some questions that helped shape our social narrative um, in our sermon a few weeks ago. And so those are the same questions that we're going we're gonna to ask you both um, here today. So um, in that time, I shared kind of the first question talks about when were you first aware um, of your ethnicity. And so I shared a story about how um, when I was a freshman in high school um, at my um, high school that there was a, a guy who was white and he was kind of joking around with me, but it was this moment of uh, he looked at me and he was just saying, you know, you know, you Mexicans always think you know how to box. And I was just kind of very confused because, you know, I'm not Mexican. Uh, I wasn't trying to box him. And also there's also this idea of like, you're kind of just painting all Mexicans as people who want to box. So there's a lot of things wrong with that statement. But I shared, and, and I, maybe this resonates a little bit with you, but because I, I, people didn't know what I was, and so people mm -hmm. didn't really know how to interact with me, and so what it meant was that now, you know, because they didn't know how to interact with me and because they didn't know my ethnicity, it, it kind of creates a question of, well, then what is my ethnicity, or how does that impact who I am? Mm -hmm. Do people see who I am as different than I see it? And that's all part of kind of just this social narrative or, or our prescription lens of how we see the world. And mm -hmm. so kind of the first question that I wanted to bring up to both of you, you each get a chance to share, um, is, you know, when was the first time that you were aware of your mm -hmm. own ethnicity? So Jessica, mm -hmm. if you're okay, you've got the mic, are sure. you all right? Wonderful. Sure. Um, I was first aware of my ethnicity when I was about five, and I remember it was when my kindergarten class photo came out, mm -hmm. and I realized, hmm, I'm a little more brown than everyone else, yeah. <laughs> and so that was like when I had a little like question mark light bulb moment, yeah. um, but it's been a gradual progression since then. Okay. Um, I think also hair is a big thing, right? So um, I remember being a little girl like in Girl Scouts and wondering like, why um, why it was discouraged for me, like why I would have to wear like a swimming cap to swim, you know? Yeah. It just always felt like a big ordeal yeah. and that, like kind of a separator. Hmm. Um, so that was probably, you know, in that, that early elementary young Girl Scout years was when I started realizing there was a difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, just to be fully frank, I am the last person to whom we should talk about hair for, so I don't know, <laughs> you know, this is not my experience, but yeah. no, so, so thank you yeah. for, for sharing that. And of so, course. Um, what about you, Jasmine? What was, when was that first moment that you're kind of aware of your own ethnicity? Um, mine was in kindergarten as well. Okay. Um, I was playing with my best friend at the time, and um, another little girl came up to me and told me that I couldn't play with her anymore hmm. because I was black. Oh, man. And it was one of those moments where you're just like, I don't know what that means. Like, yeah. I'd never noticed that anyone was different. Like, sure, we're different colors, but like, I didn't notice. You know, you don't really think about it at five, right? right. So, um, yeah, so I remember going home and asking my mom, be like, um, she said this to me. And um, her trying to explain to me, like, you know, everyone's a little bit different, but like, we're all good. We all love each other. And like, that's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, luckily, like, there were other kids in the class that heard that it happened and took me in. But oh, that was good. definitely one of those first moments where it was like, what does that mean? And then I remember like later on, because um, then after that I kind of gravitated towards the black kids because mm -hmm. the, they were more accepting at the time. Yeah. And I remember later on um, some girls saying like, oh, you're not, you're not, you're like you're not black. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what, wait, what do you mean? Like, one person's telling me I am black, the other person's telling me I'm not black. So this is very confusing. Right. Um, and then again, having to have that conversation with my mom being like, okay, like you are 
you're biracial, like you're mixed, like dad's black, I'm white, and mm-hmm. you're both, and that's beautiful, you right. know? And having that conversation was when I was like, okay, like this is something that's going to be kind of like a teeter-totter the whole like all a thing, life. Right? Yeah. Like navigate and yeah. you know, might feel one way, you know, leaning one way or the other. Um, based on who you're around and just kind of how they perceive. And so that's kind of like goes into the social narrative, how other people see us too is impacted mm-hmm. by all those things. So, you know, you kind of, you know, you mentioned uh, just a couple moments ago, you know, going to your mom, right, and asking questions. And mm-hmm. so, you know, one of the other questions that we talk about here is just, you know, what were you told? And this goes to both of you, but, you know, what were you told growing up about um, other ethnicities and what were some of the, the messages that you learned from that? Um, I mean, I think for the most part, it was just like, we're all different and we need to like celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that for me, like I always had like a very diverse group of friends. So it was kind of like, you know, uh, we didn't really talk about, I don't really remember talking about it too much unless I like broached the subject, which okay. I don't feel like unless there was like an incident, it didn't really come up that sure. much with me. I don't know. Yeah. What was it like for you? Well, um, so I, I had a very similar experience where I was kind of caught in the middle and it depended on, I had a lot of classes with a lot of white people because mm-hmm. I was in this seminar program um, in middle school. But there was also um, a black population too where I had friends and I remember walking in between classes with a book and getting called white because I was reading a book oh, by the black kids. And so there was yeah. a lot of conflict. But um, as far as our family, I think our parents have always been pretty progressive, mm-hmm. generally speaking, um, in that they, they've they always been very open to discussion and, um, and positive about what we are. And they've always called us beautiful and have been very, like, very biblically based, too, where you know, um, we've been taught, I think, at least I have, that my identity is in Christ, and it's all, it has to be biblically based, which yeah. is probably how we've made it through, yeah. but um, but there have been instances, and it all came, kind of came to the surface for me when um, there's been a lot of, like, police brutality lately. Mm-hmm. I have had some flashbacks of you know, my dad getting pulled over by the police multiple times and harassed, and I remember um, someone coming to break into our house in the middle of the night. And thankfully, our dad is nice and scary. Um, And so when he came out, and I remember when the police were called, they were questioning whether he was the one that was trying to break into his own house. So, So with that, our dad, having grown up, you know, during the civil rights movement, you know, I think it was about eight or nine when it was going on, um, definitely he's made, like, some anti-race comments about different races. Um, But I'm starting to realize a lot of those comments over time were not him hating those races. It was literally, those were the people that had been hating on him. And he had actually experienced hatred in school or, you know, threats to their home. I know they had to move homes um, in order to be safe and bought a home, and they had to use civil rights attorneys to buy the home, and um, and they were very unsafe. Um, so I, I think it's rooted in having received that hatred. Yeah. Um, so... So sure, we have heard comments over the years like you have to be careful if you're going to a friend's house and they're all white, you need to be careful. Yeah. You know, or if you're dating somebody that's, you know, it's kind of a funny joke, 
but it's not funny. But there's a layer of yeah, you know, some truth slash right because maybe some wounds with that. Even yes, yes, because our dad had to be was taught by his mom and dad that yeah. if you're going to date someone who's white, and obviously he married someone who was white, mm -hmm. um, that you need to be careful because mm -hmm. you might get accused of something and killed. Mm -hmm. And I know that in their family, they've had cousins and family members actually killed from that kind of thing. So. Mm -hmm. So it becomes really real, and so, so there have been some comments over the years, you know, that probably weren't PC, but for him, I know he's experienced a lot more than we have, so. Well, it makes, I mean, you know. It doesn't talk, make it okay, but. Right, but I mean, we, we do talk about, like, you know, when it comes to anger, like, you often will hear the comment, like, anger is, like, a, it's a secondary emotion. Because right. it comes out of hurt, right? right. And so, you know, when we, when people are of, of any, ethnicity or any age of, you know, if they're being raised up and, you know, they're always just being told like, this group is bad, that group is bad, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, there's a hurt that comes out of it and then it impacts others. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, 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 it's great to hear that there's that, you have that biblical background. You have that, mm -hmm. a fact that your, your true identity mm -hmm. isn't, you know, the color of your skin. It's the fact that through Christ's blood, we've been washed clean and, mm -hmm. and we're made new, right? right? Like that's our identity, yeah. but that doesn't mean that we're excluded from experiencing things based on mm -hmm. the color of our skin or things like right. that. So that that woundedness, you know, can you kind of alluded to earlier, Jessica, can turn into or it can cause us rather to, um, you know, have a harder time making it through it. But you know, mm -hmm. to your point of, a few minutes ago, just the idea of that biblical background, that that mm -hmm. foundational identity, the fact that we were told that we were beautiful, mm -hmm. not in spite of, but like mm -hmm. because of, and, mm -hmm. and that's all part of you know our skin tone. Like that is. Such a, that is such a beautiful foundation, mm -hmm. even though with most foundations, there's heartache and difficulty, and mm -hmm. it's, not, it's not perfect, right? right. Um, so, you know, you know, we've only shared, a, we shared a couple questions. We've, we've only, we've got a couple more, but even just now, you know, you were able to share a little bit, and you were sharing a little bit, like, how does, how does just even this conversation make you guys feel to be able to kind of hear one another's answers? Because mm -hmm. again, there's an eight, eight and a half year age gap. You both mm -hmm. kind of mentioned that it was a little bit different. You know, what's it like maybe for Jasmine, for you to hear some of Jessica's story and then Jessica, vice versa, to hear some of Jasmine's, you know, how do you kind of navigate what this feels like to be able to have this kind of conversation right now? I mean, I think it's really cool. I, there's a lot of stuff that Jess and I haven't talked about because of the age gap. Um, and so, you know, I remember all of the things that she was just saying. Mm -hmm. I remember all of those, but just in a different way, you know? Yeah. I remember dad coming home and talking about how, why he was late because he got pulled over, you know, and mm -hmm. like fearing the, that fear. And I remember those things, but like it's not as, I think it wasn't as fresh in my mind because I was so little that I think mm -hmm. a lot of it I was kind of protected from sure. or like guarded from, you know? Mm -hmm. Um so I think it's I think it's really cool to like hear what she's saying and how she viewed it and what was said to her, mm -hmm. um, because I also think it shows like a lot of evolution within our family, mm -hmm. as far as like I didn't I didn't hear Dad say that many negative things, mm -hmm. you know I he did teach me like you you need to be careful sure. like oh, yeah. you know all sure. those type of things, especially like when you start driving. For yeah. me, it was like okay, yes. like listen, you've got to be really extra careful on the roads. And, right, right, but. Yeah, I, I just, it's it's kind of cool to think, like, that was something that maybe he was struggling with more than with you and when you were younger, and then as I grew up, it was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, and what about well, in the, same, in the same token, though, it's really interesting. It has, there's a couple stories you haven't shared yet, but... Um, 
even though there's been an evolution, I'm actually, I've actually been really surprised to watch her grow up and not see things change much. Hmm. And that really is disappointing to me. You do, know? do you mean, just to be clear, like world, like in the nation, the culture, or do you mean more specifically? Yeah, like just the fact that there's still, that she is, you know, almost a decade younger than me. Mm -hmm. And she had some interactions like at a retail store where she was harassed mm. at, in high school and, and accused. School. Okay, you might have to tell the story. <laughs> but the fact that she is like a decade younger basically and still mm. is dealing with like racial attacks in the general public just kind of blows my mind, yeah. you know? And so there's, it's really a strange issue because in some ways we've come so far and in some mm. ways nothing has changed. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of emotional, really. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, just I'll take a quick pause and just want to thank you both for being willing to kind of step mm -hmm. into some of this emotion a little bit as mm -hmm. we're talking and able to share a little bit because, you know, it's different to, to share it, you know, across coffee with one another. Mm -hmm. It's different to share it, you know, in this context, but yeah. um, to be able to lean into that. And, and I hope, you know, it could be an encouragement to um, just to let you know that as much as we're able to, to learn and to hear and understand and to, to learn how to hurt with people that are not, that, that we know and we care about, that mm -hmm. our church has seen grow up, right? Mm -hmm. And so to be able to know that this is something that is not just out there, mm -mm. right? This is something that happens to people that we know and love um, is something that is, it's hard to talk about. It's mm -hmm. hard to maybe acknowledge that, um, but it's, it's, it's a vital part of the conversation, I think. So I'm mm -hmm. so grateful to both of you for, you know, for being willing to lean into that. Of course. Um, so, you know, um, to kind of, kind of the last question, we can kind of take a little bit of time with, with it if you like, but, you know, we're talking about the third option, mm -hmm. right? I've kind of alluded to it a couple times, this idea of us versus them, and that is just so prevalent, yes, within um, our country, it's so prevalent across the world, it's, mm -hmm. it's even prevalent within specific ethnicities, like you guys both kind of shared stories of mm -hmm. how, you know, well, you're not, you're white because you're holding a book, or you're, you're <laughs> black and you're white, and so you can't play, like, it's, it's just an interesting dynamic, right? Yeah. And so um, with that said, it's how would you, what, what advice or encouragement or challenge, like what would you say to people who are watching with us and part of our church that you know and love too, as they're saying, I, would, I want to engage in more God-honoring conversations and relationships with people that, you know, I'm a different ethnicity. How, how do I approach that? What would be maybe some ideas or advice that maybe you would, you would have. And to be clear, I'm not trying to ask you to be a spokeswoman, a <laughs> spokesperson for everyone, yeah. right? I'm just saying if someone were to come to you and wanted to have a conversation, what would be a way that you would be able to receive that well and, and lean into that rather mm -hmm. than wanting to maybe, you know, be hurt and then push people away, right? So mm -hmm. what might be some advice that you guys would have? So, um, I mean, like, don't, I wouldn't come at someone, like, directly with a question, you sure. know? Like, I wouldn't say, like, what are you, or what have your racial experiences been? Yeah. Um, just because that immediately puts me, on, me myself on guard. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know Jessica said like I've had more experiences, and I have. I've had tons, which is shocking considering. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still fairly young, and um, just like you would think, it's 2020. You know, yeah, like why? Yeah. It's just amazing, but. Um, yeah, to come at it with like a, an open heart and open ears, I mm. think is really important. I think, you know, um, I've had a couple friends come and ask me like, you know, like there's a lot been going on lately. Um, there's a lot of talk about race, mm -hmm. like 
are you comfortable sharing your experience and mm. like what that's been like with you yeah. and what it's like processing everything that's going on now too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, that's been more willingly received than yeah. like, oh, like, is this really, you know, like, or a, an accusatorial question, like, is this really happening? Is this really I've had, a big deal? Yeah. Really, right. You know, some yeah. people get got killed. Like, what's the, what's, what's the big deal with that, mm. you know? Um, and then once the conversation starts, I would say like, there's certain words and there's certain phrases that I think automatically trigger people. Okay. Um, I think we all have them, sure. you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but knowing the, when you've been triggered mm-hmm. and really questioning why, instead of immediately becoming defensive, mm-hmm. um, because there's not going to be an open dialogue or any positive conversation. I think if, you know, one person is feeling defensive and one person is feeling offense, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so, it, it builds walls rather than bridges, yeah. right? And all of a sudden, I'm building a wall to protect myself. And then if then you're building a wall to say, like, well, now I'm going to protect myself. And we're just, like, having a standoff, like, where we're just, you know, not engaging. Absolutely. Whereas, you know, one of the parts of the gospel that is, you know, so beautiful to me is just the idea of, like, how when God makes a way where there's no way, right? Like, mm-hmm. he builds bridges where there's chasms. Like, mm-hmm. he, he allows us to enter into something that's, it's uncomfortable, can right. be very uncomfortable, but you know, to have someone say, hey, would you be willing to share your experiences rather than, is this really a big deal, right? Yeah. Or, or would you be willing to share like even how you're feeling? Or, or maybe I'm just, I'm praying for you and if you ever need someone to process with, maybe just opening up the door that way, but yeah. not trying to batter, not trying to knock down the, <laughs> the, the door, but knock on it and say, how, you know, how can we come alongside? Is there any, you know, anything else that, you know, you... We're thinking in that regard. You don't have well, to. I mean, I no, I mean, like, I I have lots of thoughts on it. This sure. is like, <laughs> I love talking about this kind of stuff. But um, I think, too, like, don't expect me to have all the right answers. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect you to have all the right answers. Right. I wouldn't expect anyone to have all the right answers. But know that, like, each person is talking just from their personal mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and keeping an open mind in that way, you know? Yeah, that's like, just because I've had a bad experience with one or two white people, like that's not going to mean that I have a, had a bad experience with all white people. Right. And right. just because I'm sharing that doesn't mean that I'm accusing the entire population. Right. To... Right. And it's we we all have experiences. So it's like in the same way that you know we talk about how another us versus them that's come up. You kind of mentioned it a little bit, Jessica, is the idea of you know it's like people of color and police officers, and it's mm-hmm. not it's not necessarily we no. need to be us versus them. Yeah. It's recognizing that there are absolutely bad experiences and mm-hmm. horrible things that have happened um, on both sides. But what it means is how do we then show honor to one another and how do we learn so that it's, you know, we're not painting all of any one group based off of the actions of one person to represent mm-hmm. that group. And I think that's part of where those stereotypes, those things are really mm-hmm. hurtful is, is when that happens. So mm-hmm. no, thank you for sharing that. And yeah. That's really good. What about you, Jessica? What do you think about a piece of advice that you might yeah. give to someone wanting to enter into these kind of conversations? Sure. I, I've been kind of preaching this message to myself, honestly, okay. but I think the biggest thing is that any agenda that we have, so when we're, when we're talking to one another, when we're posting on Facebook, I mean, whatever we're doing or saying, right, it mm-hmm. needs to be, um, like, honoring to God. Yeah. And so it's been really interesting as we've been having these conversations, the kind of, like, defensiveness that I feel. Mm. Um, and there's times where I don't want to say something because I don't want to be offensive or okay. cause an issue. But I think that 
that the key for the church is to um, put on their Christian hat, right? Or mm -hmm. their, and realize like, as a Christian, okay, what would Jesus have us do here? Mm -hmm. And realize that, and what would he have us say here? And, and when do we need to speak up? And when do we not need to speak up, you know? And, and really be focusing on that mm -hmm. and realizing that race is just one issue that, you know, Satan's using to divide everybody. Yeah. He's using to divide the church. Um, he's creating a lot of hatred and stealing peace, you yeah, know, um, and it would be nice if we could bring heaven here, right? Mm -hmm. Where Jasmine and I can drive down the street, and not worry about getting pulled over and put on Poway Road like I was one time, you know, oh, yeah. it should be that, that we can just talk about issues and say, okay, this is an issue. This is a, a sin issue. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a spiritual dark problem. Yeah. And as a church together, we should be able to talk about it. Yeah. And we should all be able to listen and be honest, yeah. not hold back, yeah. and start doing something. You know, it makes me think of like the Acts Church where people shared everything they had. Yeah. They literally sold houses to like donate to causes, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that it doesn't have to be like a Black Lives Matter right. cause. I'm saying, if there's injustice, you know, we serve a God of love and justice and peace, and that needs to happen more here. Yeah. So whatever we have to do as a church to do that, um, I think that needs to be a huge goal. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you really, you really hit on the head. I think the emphasis on, you know, race is one of many things that mm -hmm. the enemy is using to divide, to steal, to kill, destroy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But Jesus came and we have life and life to the full, and this yep. idea that our identity you know, we've kind of hit on identity issues a few ideas here, or excuse me, a few times here where it's our identity has to be in Christ. We talk about how, you know, we have a foundation. First uh, Corinthians three eleven talks about there can be no other foundation than that which mm -hmm. has already been laid in Christ Jesus. Like yeah. that's the one where we are Christians first mm -hmm. um, before anything else. But all these other things do impact us in regards to ways. Um, we see the world and the way people see us, but yeah. to really say, you know, there are times to, to speak up. There are times to listen, mm -hmm. and just the discernment of knowing when mm -hmm. those are is, mm -hmm. is very huge. Um, yeah. Any other closing, closing idea from either one? There doesn't have to be, you know, but is, is there anything yeah. else that you'd like to, to share? I mean, I think the call to the church to, and mm -hmm. yes, our church, but the church, in right? General. It's, yeah. it's in general, mm -hmm. being able to process really heavy things. And if mm -hmm. there's any place where the church is a city on a hill that can't be hidden. It's in a place where there's darkness, right? Mm -hmm. And the idea that we are called to be like shining like stars in a crooked and depraved generation. Mm -hmm. That was written 2,000 years ago, but mm -hmm. it still describes where we are today. And yeah. you mentioned earlier how much we think we'd like to say things have changed, and yet there's still sin because that is what you know, ends up being what really um, creates so much destruction and, and harm. So yeah, um, yeah. Any, other, any other closing thoughts? I think we're both available to talk if anyone wants to, yeah, okay. you know. Yeah. I think that would be, that's a, probably a healthy next step, you know. Yeah. And, um, and rather than taking sides and, mm -hmm. you know, crying because you're worried that if you're white that someone's thinking that you hate black people or vice versa, I think right. we just all need to be open and loving and just keep the conversation going. That sounds yeah. wonderful. I think that's a great place for us to to stop this conversation, to know mm -hmm. this isn't a period, 
to end this conversation forever. Yeah. You know, this is a, a comma. We'll come back to this and we'll mm -hmm. be able to talk. And so thank you both again for being willing to take some time with us. Let me pray for you all. Uh, and then I'll pray um, for us as we close. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much uh, again for this day. And I thank you for Jasmine and Jessica. I thank you for the entire uh, Bramlett family. Lord, I pray that um, each of us would be able to hear this message um, and this, this, these stories with the open heart with the ability to just uh, know that there's no accusation, there's no division. The idea is just to hear how it is um, that people that we know and love and have seen grow up within our church have experienced very real things. And so may we, God, learn how to walk in each other's shoes, learn how to listen and ask questions, learn how to speak up when it's time to speak up and then to be silent when it's time to listen and to grow and to ask and just be in that way. So God, I pray that you would um, bless Jessica and Jasmine as, um, as they share, as they are um, bold and, and um, able to share with us. I pray that you would bless them now, Lord, bless their families. Um, and God, thank you for our church family that we're able to talk about difficult things, Lord, knowing that you came in and you allowed us to experience, or you experienced rather, Jesus, very difficult things. Um, and that we were able to come into a right relationship with you because you know what it's like. Um, to experience hatred and to experience so many difficult things, Lord, and that we can turn to you. Um, so, Lord, thank you that you, Jesus, are our foundation upon which we build our lives. You are our identity um, through which we live, and you are the one we fix our eyes on. When the storm is going crazy around us, help us to fix our eyes upon you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for coming. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today and how great it was to be able to hear from Jessica and Jasmine to share their stories as we come alongside and, and we seek to honor, to listen, to learn, um, and to see how this impacts people that we know and we love uh, very dearly. And so we want to thank them one more time for joining us. And so um, as we are coming to the conclusion of our third option series, next week will be our last week. But as you can see, we are, again, not at my home. We're at our church home. And so we want to signal that we are getting um, much closer to regathering together. And we'll give you more details, but we do just want to make um, a save the date for the evening of Sunday, August 23rd uh, will be our time that we're all going to be able to come back in the parking lot. We'll give you more details soon, uh, but we're very excited to be able to um, regather together um, and have church together in person in just a few weeks. So with that said, please keep praying for us as leadership. Um, we are praying for you. You are prayed for, cared for, and loved. And we hope you know that, um, that we love you very much. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and may he grant you his peace. God bless you all. Have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll see you next Sunday morning.